You're listening to the Backstage Cast podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tom. The Backstage Pass podcast is a guide for upcoming artists and newcomers to the music industry. Each week, I speak to experts in different fields, and in this episode, I'll be talking to professional producer and DJ Owen Norton about his top tips for new DJs. Owen Norton, hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Hannah. How are you? I'm good. I feel like we haven't seen each other for ages. You are a DJ and a producer. You've done official remixes for massive artists like... Chainsmokers, Selena Gomez, Flo Rida, mm-hmm. many more. So I'm going to ask you some quick fire questions. Let's do it. Let's do it. Analog or digital? Analog. Sounds better. Mac or PC? Mac, but I actually run it as a PC, so both. CD or vinyl? Vinyl. 100%. Obviously, with you doing electronic music, I thought you would go for digital and mm-hmm. CD, maybe CD, but yeah. Well, the, the funny thing is, my dad used to be a DJ. I've told his story a few times, but like he has some turntables, some old techniques, and he's got like maybe a thousand, probably more records. So when I was young, I used to watch him playing, and there's a photo somewhere, I might put it on Instagram, of like a three year old me sat just like at the decks with the headphones on. And now I guess that's like one of the <laughs> first times I was introduced to like house and dance music. So did you start off on vinyl? No, I, ne- I never learned how to play vinyl properly, but that was like how I was introduced right. to um, like the whole DJ. Music just sounds better on vinyl, with like the crackle, and and even now in a lot of my productions, I have like a vinyl crackle, like sample that I use in like the introductions and in verses and stuff like that. So, what's your current sort of setup then when you DJing? I just use the um, the standard Pioneer setup, which like every club has. So I just have to show up with my USB stick full of music. And a pair of headphones, and I'm good to go. Nice. Yeah. Is that what you did when I saw you went on a, a was it a week long tour in China? I did a, uh, nearly a month. Um, it was. Did you? I think, wow. no, I think it was three weeks. I did played in like ten different cities, so that was hectic. But yeah, just try to come around with um, a USB stick. Do you feel scared if the if you use a USB that you'll accidentally lose it? <laughs> I have a few backups, but actually on the first show that I played in China, I left my uh, USB in like the DJ booth after because I was like, no. the show was like so much bigger than I expected. And, uh, you know, yeah. well, you know, when you perform, you have like this crazy, like adrenaline feeling inside of you. It's hard yeah. to describe unless you've ever like played in front of a crowd or well, I guess it's the same as what like a footballer has in, uh, you know, playing a game. Yeah. But like your brain just doesn't work properly after. So I was just like so hyped on uh, how the show went. <laughs> I left everything behind. Then uh, the next morning we had to go back to the club um, and, and get it. So aside from not leaving a USB stick in the booth, what other advice would you give to DJs, up and coming DJs? So first, it's really hard to get booked at the start. It's something I definitely struggled with. Um, maybe you have a song that did quite yeah. well and you think, wow, the gig should be flying in and stuff like that, and it's not always the case. So sometimes you have to do favours, you know, like play for free. And I know there's a big thing about playing for exposure and stuff, and people go, you know, you should know your own price. But sometimes that's what it takes, you know, do favours for people, try do as many gigs as you can. Every club is going to be different, and every city you play, every country you play is going to be different. So you can't play the same set every night. 
And that's a, like a skill you learn. You learn what the music trends are in a certain country or city. As much as your ego can get in the way of thinking, I'm going to play all my own songs, they're going to love it. It's not always the case. So, you know, you, you should learn to read a room and adapt and almost play the music that the crowd wants to hear. I mean, it's good to have a balance for like integrity. But if, if you have that balance right and you're playing, you know, I make sure the songs the crowd wants to, like, wants to hear and will like and some of your own stuff and you can make it blend, then I think that's... Like the the winning formula. Is it hard to read a room? Because I, I always imagine DJs when they're trying to read a room. I mean, most of the feedback is visual, right? From mm-hmm. from the crowd. Yeah, for sure. What if it's like I've seen some shows where it's super dark and the only yeah. thing happening sporadically is like strobe lighting. Do you find yeah. it harder to read a room in that situation? Well, uh, sometimes you, it is mainly visual, but you can also hear a crowd. Like, um, right. because how a DJ booth set up, you have the like the booth monitors, and then the speakers which play to the crowd. And you can I, a lot of the time on like a chorus or something, I'll turn the booth monitors completely off, and I can hear if people are you know sing a lot singing along. And like a lot of time when people are oh, liking cool. the song, there's a lot like screaming and cheering and stuff. So that, but you can tell on people's faces sometimes, you know, if they're not liking the music and if people aren't dancing as much. And even on a strobe, you get like a glimpse. Yeah. And, like, if you just watch someone for five seconds on a strobe, so you'll see once every second, if they've not moved, then you know you're not, they're not really feeling it. Either <laughs> that or they need to have uh, some more drinks. I guess all that stuff kind of feeds into the production side of things, doesn't it? I know that yeah. you've been producing your own music for a long time and doing remixes for other people. And mm-hmm. do you feel like the progression of your kind of production and, and the skill level of your production has skyrocketed because you've been DJing more yeah it's, it's harder when you do one-off shows uh, just like a show here and there if you're trying to like perfect a song based on a crowd um, but like when you do a tour it's really nice because you can be working on a song that's not 100% finished yet but as I call it it's playable so like it, it'll work in a crowd but like mixing wise it's not like perfect ready for streaming and that and you can play if you're doing a tour you can play yeah. a song on the first night and then you can just watch how people react. Obviously, it's a song that no one's heard before, so people are going to be singing along. But if they're dancing to it, then you know. And sometimes I'll think, right, this section's too long. Like if you've got a verse which is like a minute, and then you can see people are like tailing off. They're just ready for like the, you know, like the impact, the the drop. Yeah. Uh, sometimes a song like doesn't work at all. I mean, you can take in the feedback, and uh, you know, and adapt a song. So that's really nice. I and mean, you work on it the next day in the hotel. And then you you play it again the next night. Do you use super expensive headphones, or do you rate headphones that are more expensive, or do you use headphones that are like an industry standard? What where where's your kind of um, how picky are you about headphones so these days? Our headphones is only one pair I will use to DJ with. They're called V Moda. It's not sponsored, but I'm a big fan of the company. These are the headphones that I wear live. Oh, cool. And they have, um, I'll show the camera, they have my name, I think it might be backwards, but they have my name on the side as well. So they're cool. Oh, nice. Since you first started out, you must have learnt some pretty big lessons, I guess, like on the business side of things. Is there anything that you would say to other DJs to, to be aware of? Sometimes when I had like my first opportunities, like, 
um, like a, a big artist wanted a remix or, you know, a label was interested in a song or like a manager approached me or something. It's easy to get like carried away and get excited and just want it to like the, f- the finished product to be there straight away. Or even like when you fir- when I first do a remix and I'm wanting shows, you know, sometimes you get a little carried yeah. away in your head and you just want things to be going faster and, you know, you become a little impatient. So a big lesson that I've learned is not to annoy people. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> so, sometimes I'd be like on the email, like following up every day and stuff like that. And in the end, you just piss people off. You know, you have to have a little bit of patience, especially when you're dealing with like a big label or something. You've got to understand they have so many artists that they're working with. You know, they're not going to reply straight away. It doesn't mean they're not interested in you, but... Yeah, so that's something yeah. I've definitely learned. You've got to be patient. Tell us about the new music that you've been releasing, because I know that you've got you've had a track out, didn't you? Recently? Yeah, yeah. I just released a single called Colors. Um, really happy with the response so far. I, I ended ended up in this routine where I was getting up, going to the gym, and then I'd be back home for eleven, and just start start working then. And I feel like once I've exercised, I've been so much more productive. Even though I'm spending maybe less hours in the studio, I'm working like being more productive there's a saying work um i believe it's work smarter not harder yeah being in the right mind frame i've just been making a lot more music so to get to the point i have a ton of music coming out and speaking of new music what is your track of the week track of the week oh this is hard well first i'd pick colors but i think it's cheating um picking my own song so i would have to say the new (laughs) song with camel fat and no gallagher I love that song. I'm listening to it so much. Ah, I don't think I've heard that, actually. I'll have to check that it's out. It's really interesting. And what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far? In terms of making music, just do what you want to do. Like, I spent so many, probably months, it ended up being years, like, stressing about what music I want to make and what will perform well on Spotify or, you know, stuff like that, but... Yeah. And then I ended up making, I, I released like hardly any music between 2018 and uh, this year because I was like stuck in such a rut knowing what music to make. Like I, I was I was making music. I'd so, I probably made like 50 songs a year, you know, that didn't get released. Um, but oh. I was just like unsure and like whether it would do well so that I never ended up fight, like properly mastering the songs. So now I've just like got in this mind frame of, I'll make music when I feel like it and I'll make the music that I want to make. And then, like, the songs I've coming up, yeah. I'm, like, so proud of, like, I just, like, have, most of my friends have heard them all, you know, I just, like, shove it down the throat, like, listen to this, what do you think of this song? <laughs> Even the song I started today. In fact, there's a song I started yesterday that um, I've sent to, like, most of my friends and as soon as this call's done, I'm going to work on it again. So, like, I'm just so excited about making music again finally and and that's because yeah, that's i'm not great. i'm not putting the pressure on myself anymore and i'm not forcing myself to make a certain type of music like a certain type of music a certain style of music like the songs i've coming out just yeah. all similar but different you know i'm not sticking to the doing the same thing over and over so yeah that, that's definitely the biggest lesson i've learned and you just end up happier as a whole that's what it's all about isn't it it is because it, it started out as a hobby <laughs> like something i enjoy and yeah. then the moment that it feels like work again and you're doing something for the sake of it you don't enjoy it anymore so 
it's you've got to keep that keep the passion thanks so much for speaking to me today you've been an excellent guest on Thank the podcast you. and i'm gonna let you go and get back to work on this new track which i'm excited to hear <laughs> i'll, send it, se- to I'll send it to you i'll send it to you after <laughs> and i'll send you some of the songs i've coming out as well i'd love to know what you think yeah yeah i'd love you to know. hear them i have some like really like crossover songs and also it's my nice. first ever podcast so an exclusive <laughs> i'm glad it was with you Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.